0: Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press 1. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network for movie talk, Alicia Malone with Scott Movie Mance and the Schmoes know, this is Profiles, in-depth spotlights on the greatest filmmakers and artists in motion picture history.
1: Hello Hello, profilers. Profilers, welcome to another very special Episode, Actually, episode 39 of Profiles. 39. 39
2: and a half. <laughs> 39 and a half. Yes, actually,
1: 39 and a half. But this one, you know, after we did Robert Redford a couple weeks ago, like, we just wanted to keep the momentum going yes. with another show on just one of the greats of the 70s and beyond. Mm-hmm. And it just had to be Dustin Hoffman.
2: I know. What an actor. I mean, this is a guy that we've been talking about with other Profiles for so long. So
1: long. Yeah, absolutely. That's
2: great to get a chance to really delve into his movies He's 78 years old now, and he's had such an incredible career in film, in television, and in theatre since the 1960s. And the thing that is so remarkable about Dustin Hoffman is how varied his roles have been. Very versatile. He can be in drama, he can be in comedy, he can be in action, he can be in animation. He's played an autistic savant, a soap opera actress. Lenny Bruce, Captain Hook, Innocent College Graduate, seven Oscar nominations, has won two. Just an amazing guy. I love his little cheeky smile. too. And
1: and he also, like you mentioned all those characters, there's a word for that. It's called a chameleon. He is uh, known for embracing, not just taking on, but embracing really difficult roles that are all over the map. He's very, very method. And uh, in terms of why he got into acting, he was quoted as saying, I got into acting so that I could meet girls." <laughs> uh, Pretty Girls came later. First, I just wanted them to start off with uh, two legs and someone who'd smile at me and look soft. <laughs> but he definitely stands alongside these great 70s actors like Nicholson, like Robert De Niro, like Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. And uh, like going back to the 60s and all the way up to the present day, he is an actor that you just is so great to watch no matter what kind of a movie he is in. He's
2: an unconventional actor, deeply committed to every role. He's also been quoted as saying, I grew up thinking a movie star had to be like Rock Hudson or Tab Hunter. Certainly nobody in any way like me. He came up at the time, there's this great documentary which I've been talking about called Casting By. It's on Netflix, I think, right now. And it is about the casting director and the casting director's process. And it shows how there was a time when it went from being Being the studio system with all the big stars that were contracted to movies and they would just place them and whatever to looking at these really incredible method actors, these actors from New York, these theater actors and people that you didn't expect to be the leading man. And Dustin Hoffman was one of those.
1: Well, incredible career and yes, an incredible, wonderful life. And yes, that's your cue
2: for it's a wonderful life. Roll the video.
0: (laughs) was born on August 8, 1937 in Los Angeles, California, to parents Lillian and Harry Hoffman. His early ambitions ranged from studying medicine to becoming a classical pianist, but that changed when he caught the acting bug at Santa Monica College. After two years at the Pasadena Playhouse, Hoffman moved to New York, studied method acting at the actor's studio, and lived with two fellow struggling actors named Gene Hackman and Robert Duvall. After honing his craft on stage and TV throughout the 60s, Hoffman made his feature film debut in 1967's The Tiger Makes Out. That very same year, he beat out the likes of Robert Redford and Warren Beatty to score the coveted role of Benjamin Braddock in the landmark classic The Graduate. Over the next decade, Hoffman toplined one classic after another, including Midnight Cowboy, Lenny, Marathon Man, and All the President's Men. He won two Academy Awards for Best Actor, for 1979's Kramer versus Kramer and 1988's Rain Man, and he was nominated five other times. He also won six Golden Globes, four Baftas, and an Emmy.
2: Yes. Wow,
1: that's a big shelf he has there, amazing. right? Amazing, amazing. Well, what was your first blood when it comes to Dustin Hoffman?
2: My first vibe was actually Hook. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hook was your first
2: blood? Yeah, because I was young at the time, and you I were remember seeing nine. it. Yeah, I was nine years old, and people were watching Hook. And honestly, Hook is not one of my favorite no. movies from that time. Some people have really deep love for Hook. I never was quite got there, but that was the first time I saw Dustin Hoffman. And then, of course, I remember seeing parts of All the President's Men with my parents watching that movie, Dick Tracy as well. But yeah, yeah Hook was my first blood. <laughs> you
1: know, Hook. I, whether you like Hook or not, the fact is he. Great to watch in the movie. Yeah. He just chooses scenery. He's fantastic in the film. My first blood was Marathon Man, oh. which I saw when it came out in '76. My parents took me to see Marathon here. <laughs>
2: it doesn't surprise me now. I
1: mean, you know, is it safe? I mean, yeah. that torture scene alone, I mean, that was horrifying. Oh,
2: my gosh. I so didn't horrifying. want to
1: go to a dentist for years, and it's something that you can probably relate to yeah, right now. I just
2: went to the dentist yesterday, so apologize is, apologize, I'm apologizing if I have trouble speaking, because my mouth really she hurts. She
1: sounds great, but this Whoa. movie is a very, it was so suspenseful, taut and thrilling, and the character that Dustin Hoffman plays, I mean, he's so tortured because of, like, what happened to his father and, you know, what he's been studying and, and what he witnesses. I mean, it's just, you know, the, the title Marathon Man, you know, just think it's about this guy who likes to run marathons, which yeah. is why people start calling me Marathon Mance. <laughs>
2: All right.
1: Uh, but uh, this was definitely a, a movie that, when I watched it again recently, uh, directed by John Schlesinger, who also directed Midnight Cowboy, mm-hmm. uh, is a movie that holds up very, very well. Extremely tense movie. Very, very entertaining.
2: Yeah, well, that is a perfect segue to our Fast Five at number five is <laughs>
1: You had to pick that cue, didn't it's you? It's iconic. There's the only one cue that you're gonna pick from Midnight Cowboy. That's the I'm one. Walking Ratso, here. Walk in here. Released May 25th, 1969. Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy. John Schlesinger. Uh, this movie cost 3.2 million dollars to make. It made about 11 million dollars domestically at the time. Seven Oscar nominations, including for Best Actor for both Dustin Hoffman and John Voight. Mm-hmm. One three, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Adapted Screenplay. To this day is the only x-rated movie to ever win best picture yep and uh the reason it was rated X at the time was because of quote, homosexual frame of reference and possible influence on younger moviegoers.
2: So it was one of only three X-rated films to be nominated for an Oscar. The other two, Clockwork Orange and Last Tango in Paris. Um, And the the performance of Sylvia Miles, you know, she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. One of the shortest performances ever nominated. Screen time of about five minutes in total. And she was nominated for that. But this was a dark buddy film, you know, about these two homeless drifters who are bonded together. The, people saw the title and they thought it could be a western, but it ends up being like a morality tale and also a look at the American class system as well. It came out the same year as Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and so it seems writer. like yes, it seems like a, a dark flip side to both of those movies at the same time, complementing exactly what they were saying. This was only Dustin's second role in a movie, and no one thought that he could do anything different from The Graduate because he was so great at playing Benjamin Braddock that people thought that was just him and that they got lucky.
1: that's why he took on the role.
2: That's why he took on the role, but he had to convince the director that he was right for the role. He met him in Times Square, wearing dirty clothes, with the hair slicked back, so that he would look nothing like Benjamin Braddock and that's when he convinced him that he could do the role.
1: And he also put pebbles in his shoe (laughs) so that he could keep the limp consistent throughout the making of the movie. Uh, Hop in took the part to prove his critics wrong and roger ebert later in 1994 looking back on the film said that midnight cowboy proved that dustin hoffman after the triumph of the graduate was destined to become one of the great character actors of his time and all time this is a brave moving groundbreaking film it's beautiful uh heartbreaking heartbreaking yeah totally heartbreaking but the acting the writing the editing of the mm-hmm. film everything across the board no wonder it won Best Picture and
2: him and John Voigt together
1: great chemistry they were
2: great chemistry and they both were pretty unknown I mean Dustin was famous from The Graduate but no one thought he could do this role John Voigt no one knew him and he had to really fight for this role as well so they both did such a great job with it
1: well Camille Howard said this about Midnight Cowboy it's impossible to choose a Dustin Hoffman performance to be the favorite but the closest to the favorite status for me is Midnight Cowboy the entire film is so complex it had so much potential to be off the wall but the realism that Hoffman and Voight brought to their roles is incredible Hoffman in particular plays Ratso Rizzo in an incredibly vulnerable and sympathetic way yeah you could actually not like him but you do yeah he's uh, pretty unlikable he's pretty unlikable but Midnight Cowboy is something of a forgotten classic except on profiles, but it will always be one of my favorites. And
2: I think it's amazing that even though people haven't seen Midnight Cowboy they will still know, like Maud, my roommate, for example, she's never seen Midnight Cowboy, but she knows, I'm walking here, I'm walking. Dan Skip Allen says, In Midnight Cowboy, you have an upstart young guy from the Midwest, John Voight, and a slick New York hustler, Dustin Hoffman, Ratso Rizzo. This worldly con man takes the young cowboy under his wing. This is a film about two unlikely friends and how they switch. Hoffman is perfect as this flawed, dying man. And hi to everyone watching live profiles hi, on youtube everyone. right hi, now. hi tyler myers and cole boone and everyone I, I can love watching all the the live comments
1: and these people are our friends Yeah, friends. we love our profilers our film geeks. well this was a tough call when it came to just choosing your favorite <laughs> scene but when it comes to Dustin and hop and leash what is your right stuff
2: i went with the obvious one but i just love it so much and even more every time i see it the graduate. Okay. The ending scene. The
1: ending scene. Why?
2: Because it's so unique. It's something that you wouldn't expect. And it had been parodied so many times that I'd actually seen other versions of it before I saw the actual film. But I love how their expressions change. You know, they break away from everyone. They're rebelling against authority. They get on the bus. They're laughing. And, and the then slowly fade. fades away to this worried, scared look. This kind of, oh my God, what what have I done?
1: What am I going to do now? What are we going to do
2: now? And Probably, you know, brings up questions of whether it's a happy ending or a sad ending and also brings up the questions of whether they were doing it because they're really in love or they're doing it just because people said they shouldn't do it because they hadn't really been on many dates. No, before. they didn't.
1: And the one date they were on it was terrible, was horrifying. Yeah, but the, And that the scene, sounds of
2: silence the Simon and Garfunkel. The whole thing is brilliant.
1: It absolutely is brilliant. Just as brilliant. And I was kind of thinking that you might go for this one <laughs> yep. is the big reveal in Tootsie, oh uh, yes, oh my God, that is such an amazing scene when when Dorothy, Michael Dorsey, or or Dorothy, one of Dorothy, Michaels. It, Dorothy yeah. Michaels, you know, she's going off. She's at the top of the stairs, immediately goes off prompter, and everyone, all the producers, the camera people are like, "Uh oh, what What's is she happening? doing? What's happening?" And she's like, "It's time to set the record straight." And she totally goes off the wall with this great, great monologue. Takes off her eyelashes, and everybody's looking like, "What's going on?" Takes off her, her glasses, whiffs rips off the wig um Amber Kimberly the reckless brother my sister and everybody's like I'll be damned what no wonder that's why she didn't like me
2: people fainting and then Bill
1: Murray is like that is one nutty hospital (laughs) I love it's such a great scene a jaw-dropping moment really really great one of many many right stuffs for for Dustin Hoffman
2: I know very hard to choose
1: well that brings us to so much trivia so much details (laughs) trying to segue to the last detail. The last
2: detail, <laughs> where we talk about the did-you-knows of our profile person. So, did you know Tell me. that Dustin Hoffman holds a Guinness World Record for the greatest age span pr- portrayed by a movie actor for Jack Crabb in Little, Little Big, Big man, man, where he played the character from age 17 to age 121?
1: Well, but they're playing... That's a span. That, that, that is a span, and <laughs> did you know... That Dustin Hoffman was chosen or considered to play Rick Deckard in Blade Runner, which is one of my favorite movies of all time.
2: Interesting.
1: What else you got? Did
2: you know that while filming Finding Neverland, Dustin lost the tip of his finger and he had to perform all day with on, on morphine?
1: Wow. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Well, did you know <laughs> that what are you
2: doing there? Dustin Hoffman... <laughs>
1: Dustin Hoffman is one of four actors to win two Oscars for films that also won Best Picture. That is a hell of a milestone.
2: Yep. And did you know that he has six kids?
1: He has six kids.
2: Karina, Jenna, Jacob, Rebecca, Maxwell, and Alexandra.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, we're going to pause right now to take care of some business here. Mm-hmm. Because, first of all, I just have to say, Alicia Malone, that is a very cool t-shirt you're wearing.
2: That's also a cool t-shirt you're wearing.
1: And it says Film Geek. And this is the one and only Profiles t-shirt that, that we have been meaning to do forever. <laughs> For a
2: long time. And
1: here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you go on Public. What is it? Backslash it's, user? Yeah,
2: tpublic.com slash user slash profiles. And this is where you can find this t shirt. And if you buy one, then make sure you tweet us at maybe Matt's <laughs> at Alicia Malone. Tweet us a photo if you watch uh, wearing it and we will retweet it out. And if
1: you buy a profiles t shirt, you Alicia will send you a virtual hug. And she's a hugger. I am but, a hugger. So also, if you are listening and watching, make sure you go to iTunes. Mm-hmm. And you subscribe to profiles. This mm-hmm. is where we really make our mark by you letting us know what you think. Make sure you rate and review us. Subscribe. Go to youtube.com backslash popcorn talk network. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to profiles there. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Alicia Malone at Movie Mance at Alicia Malone at Movie Mance pause at Alicia Malone (laughs) at Movie Mance make sure you go to our Facebook page which is Profiles with Malone and Mance as
2: Crystal says on YouTube everything is in the
1: pause everything it's all about the pause it's all about the pause but on Facebook if you go to our Facebook page Profiles with Malone and Mance like our Facebook page you'll be the first to find out who our next profile is you can also let us know what you think of the movies that we're going to talk about because mm-hmm. you can see that we do read them. And you can also join in on the brackets where you get to vote for your favorite character, movie, favorite scene. And moving on to number four.
2: In our fast five, which is.
0: Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The Graduate. Graduate! released December twenty first, nineteen sixty seven. Directed by Mike Nichols, cost three million dollars to make. Lifetime gross to this day is one hundred and five million. Seven Oscar nominations, including Best Picture, Best Actor Dustin Hoffman, Best Actress Anne Bancroft, Supporting Actress Catherine mm. Ross, and one Oscar win for Best Director. That would be Mike Nichols. Well, of
2: course, this is the film which launched Dustin Hoffman his first movie role. It. Capt- The feelings of a whole generation, you know, the kind of 60s, disaffected youths uh, rebelling against authority. It's like the older generation versus the younger generation. Hoffman had that great. Every man quality that I think was the antithesis of the pretty boys. Interestingly, that uh, as we said, our Redford profiles that Robert Redford was considered for the role, Warren Beatty was considered for the role also, but you can't quite imagine either of them doing this because no. they, yeah, you they would believe too that. Good they were Exactly. Who would
1: believe that those guys couldn't get a girl?
2: Exactly. Come
1: on. Dustin Hoffman at the time, I mean, he was perfect for the role. Yeah. And just ironically, he was just six years younger than Anne Bancroft, who played Mrs. Robinson. Oh, really? Six years.
2: See, Michael. Question to you is: When you rewatch this movie, are you like Roger Ebert, who changed his mind about it? First, he was feeling for Benjamin Braddock as the innocent college boy,
1: right, then he felt for Mrs. Then Robinson. Then he felt for
2: Mrs. Robinson.
1: Well, I have never did. Do didn't... you think
2: there's a villain in the movie?
1: Well, clearly, I think that while Mrs. Robinson is not the villain. I would say that she's, especially in the scene when the sort of the gig is up and she's just standing there looking totally vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, and you, you really felt for her. her. You really felt for her. But I never didn't like Ben Ben Braddock. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that, that he was a character that reminded me over the years of Holden Caulfield the character in The Catcher in the Rye Mm -hmm. and uh, when I was redoing my research for this uh, the New York Times actually mentioned that in their 1967 review Mm. but uh, again what a movie that just was so right on for the youth. And
2: groundbreaking started off this, these new directors at that time. So Mike Nichols, it heralded him as like one of the big talents.
1: The, the five movies that were nominated for best picture for 1967 were all over the map. You had Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. You had Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. You had uh, In the Heat of the Night and uh, The Graduate. And, uh, there's one more I'm missing. But uh, um, but it was but all these movies it was like that year was was the the, uh, the movies were at a crossroads mm-hmm. and you had which is why Mike Nichols won Best Director for The Graduate but the movie that actually won Best Picture was In the Heat of the Night that's the, the heat one of the Night yes that was the movie of that course was number Simon five. and
2: Garf- Garfield Garfield <laughs> Garfunkel with that great <laughs> soundtrack that went throughout the film and just worked so perfectly with all the scenes it was a huge box office hit it got fantastic reviews. Even though Life magazine said if Dustin Hoffman's face were his fortune, he'd be committed to a life of poverty, which I think is pretty harsh. Oh,
1: man, that is pretty harsh. And also
2: not true because he's got that really sweet thing about him. And I think he's quite attractive in this movie. Yeah, too. he's a good looking
1: guy. I wouldn't uh, go that far. Also,
2: I think this is a movie that coined the term plastics, which is used plastics. for mean girls like down the track, too. Yes,
1: plastics. Got one word. Plastics. plastics. Uh, Roger Ebert, at the time, in 1967, which made this one of his earliest reviews, said Dustin Hoffman is so painfully awkward and ethical that we are forced to admit that uh, we would act pretty much the same way as he does. And joining us right now on the phone, it is absolutely our honor and our privilege to welcome Catherine Ross. Oscar nominee as Elaine Robinson in The Graduate. Catherine Ross, you were on Profiles about Dustin Hoffman with Alicia and Scott. Welcome.
3: Hello, thank you.
1: Thanks so much for being here.
2: It's so nice to talk to you. We were just chatting about The Graduate and its everlasting appeal. Why do you think it holds up uh, even after all these years? What can you attribute that to?
3: I think it's a classic story. I mean, I think that that's uh, it's a classic. It's a classic story, and it was very well uh, uh, written in script form and and beautifully uh, directed by Mike Nichols.
1: Well, how did you come to be cast as Elaine Robinson, and what do you remember about the first time you met Dustin Hoffman? Uh,
3: well, I, I did a screen test. I actually did two screen tests, uh, uh, on two consecutive days. The first one I did was with Dustin, and the second one I did was with Charles Grodin. And I believe that, um, you know, there were, there had been that everybody in town that was of uh, the age that uh, appropriate for that part was tested. I was one of the last.
1: Well we're glad you got the gig because yeah. you're fantastic in this movie. It's this really incredible performance
2: definitely and and Mike Nichols, I mean, what a great director. What was it like working with him on this movie
3: well you know he he was also a classic and he's he he has this gift of of making you feel like you're doing it all and yet he's he's the captain of the ship he's at the helm and he's really guiding you um but in the most um, in the most easy way, so that it, it's not like you're being—you don't feel like you're being manipulated, but you probably are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, even though you only have one brief scene with Anne Bancroft, what are your what are your memories of working with her, and what was the dynamic you observed with, between Anne Bancroft and Dustin Hoffman?
3: Well, you know, I wasn't a, around. Uh, when they were filming uh, you know most of their scenes, except when uh... our paths crossed which was uh... not too many times in the film uh... there's the time when he first when you first see me and he comes and picks me up uh... later on when he watches as uh, as me and my father are loading the car and i'm going to berkeley and uh... and then at the wedding so we really Almost had no scenes together And I didn't have the, the opportunity Except a little bit during rehearsal uh, To to watch him, them working together um, You know, Mike had only done uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf Prior to The Graduate right. So he was a newbie to film And he, we had three weeks of rehearsal We could have taken this on the road uh, wow. Before we even started filming so I got to I got to watch a bit of that. Uh, you know, what was interesting is that the first person that was cast as my father was Gene Hackman.
2: Oh, wait, really? What happened?
3: And, <laughs> and for some reason, which I was not privy to, uh, he and Mike came to a parting of the ways in terms of doing the part, and then Murray Hamilton was cast. Well. So I don't uh. really know what the issue was, but... You know, a creative difference, maybe.
1: Well, yeah, and I that think that would
2: have been interesting because Dustin and Jane Hackman lived together for a time.
1: I well, think they found <laughs> on yeah. making a movie together many years later. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but of course, you shared some great scenes with Dustin Hoffman. What would you say are your fondest memories of working with him on The Graduate?
3: Well, you know, Dustin is is a perfectionist, and he had just he had only, I think, done one movie also prior and he was uh in a production off broadway which i don't really remember the name of and that was his first love and his focus um you asked me what my first he looked like he crawled out from under a rock he was wearing all black and he was and and he was very pale <laughs> you know us californians you know we're we're sun lovers yeah. <laughs> we used to be <laughs> before Turned out to be so bad for you, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. So, so we're all you know canned and 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 so on. And and here's this guy from New York with a black <laughs> turtleneck on and black pants, and you know, looking white as a sheet, just because he's not out in the sun. And he was, you know, really looking forward to getting back to New York. Although he was, I think he's from Southern California.
1: Mm. Well, I uh, the. One of the scenes that people talk about the most in The Graduate is the last scene when Ben interrupts Elaine's wedding and they run off and Mrs. Robinson says it's too late and Elaine says, not, not for, for me. me. <laughs>
0: oh, it's so
1: great. I mean, first, I just want to know, two-part question here is, uh, one, what was it like filming that scene because it's so iconic? And second, what is your interpretation of that very last shot when Elaine and Ben's smiles fade away?
3: Oh, uh. How do I want to (laughs) approach this? Uh, You know, it was a lot of... One thing about filming that movie, all across the board, was that it was fun. It was very... uh, Maybe because we'd rehearsed and gotten all the nonsense out of our systems. Maybe because we were all sort of new. Uh, you know, except for Anne and, and, and Murray and, and so on in terms of, of doing film. But it was, uh, Nichols was fun. Very smart, clever people. It was not, you know, like a big, serious, heavy drama uh, on front of, in front of the camera or in back of the camera. <laughs> uh, you know, he just kept the, the camera rolling at the end of that scene when we're on the bus. And you know, you learn very early on and that you you keep in character until the director says cut. Wow. And he let the camera just go. And so I don't know, it just evolved that way. I mean, I couldn't tell you what we were thinking, like maybe Elaine's thinking, oh what have I done here? <laughs> but, <laughs> That's what we you know, were thinking. I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know, but it's just, um, it was just, uh, it's one of my favorite parts of the film, actually. Exactly. Yeah,
1: ours too. Yeah, ours too. it's
2: my favorite. I love how ambiguous it is and people can read into it as they
3: want. Yes, and it was just Mike letting the camera roll. <laughs> wow.
1: Just capturing that naturally. Well, what, what uh, how long into filming the movie did you realize that that you were making something that was so special and maybe even a movie that would define a generation.
3: You don't ever know that. Wow. I mean if 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 one knew that we'd only have great movies.
1: That's true. That's yeah. <laughs> very, very You know,
3: true. I mean you don't know. You just you you really don't know how anything is going to turn out, how people are going to receive it. Um you know so there wasn't any kind of you know it was it was a good rewarding experience oh. yeah. and that's what you you know that's that's what keeps us going
2: and then it was nominated for seven oscars how did that moment feel particularly you were nominated as well
3: well it's a nice it's nice <laughs>
1: it's
3: very nice you yeah. know
1: But what what are some of your other favorite Dustin Hoffman movies? Other movies that you'd seen over the years that just really struck out for you?
3: Oh, I don't know, Tootsie, of course. Yes. Uh, But Marathon Man, Little Big Man. (laughs) You know, I don't think there's ever been a Dustin Hoffman movie that I didn't like.
1: That makes three of us. He's good.
3: He's he's just he's good, and he's such a perfectionist. You know, I mean, he could be a pain in the butt. Uh, but you know it's it's not it's not being a diva and it's not being you know um self-important you know he 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 sticks up for what for the character and for what he where he thinks the character is going and where he sees the character going and um and it's great to work with someone like
1: that. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. But it is,
1: it is really great to talk with you, Catherine Ross. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing your memories thank you. of one of our favorite thank movies you. and Dustin Hoffman. Have a great, great day, and thank you again for calling.
3: Oh, you're more than welcome.
1: Thank Thanks you so, so much. much. Bye-bye.
3: Bye.
0: Yes! Yay. Hooray! She was wonderful. She's so lovely. interesting,
2: and people on YouTube watching live just stopped commenting. And as Christos says, everyone is just listening to Catherine intensely. Oh, that's she great! Was so interesting. Well, this Fantastic. is a landmark
1: film, a landmark film,
2: landmark movie. Let's get some uh, comments from our profiles about the Graduate. Let's Billy do it. Polahan says it's a film that I think of constantly now more than ever. Many people can relate to Benjamin Braddock, who just doesn't know what he wants to do, and the crazy affair he has with Mrs. Robert. Robinson, played by the fantastic Anne Bancroft. Dustin Hoffman portrays innocence, disillusionment, and a longing for something more that not m- many actors can pull off. The soundtrack by Simon and Garfunkel is iconic, and it actually goes with the plot of the film. I love the film. I love the soundtrack. I love Dustin Hoffman. Hashtag film geek. Hashtag profiler for life. P.S. Here's here's to, to you, you Mrs. Malone. Malone.
1: Jesus loves you more than you will know. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, well, <laughs> Tyler Myers says The Graduate is one of the most brilliant films to come out of the 60s counterculture movement it's a terrific character study of lust life and insecurity and Hoffman plays the role of benjamin Braddock flawlessly his actions with mrs robinson may seem revolting but in a weird way you kind of understand what he's going through for he just wants a little excitement in his life as funny and witty as the movie is it isn't afraid to take a left turn into some serious drama Mm -hmm. especially with the ending to the movie which wraps up in a rather melancholy way that i believe fits the right with how the characters were represented throughout the film and the consequences that were to be had on them. It's truly a remarkable film that may be told in an unorthodox manner, yet is wholly original and will live forever.
2: Casey Yazzie88 on YouTube says nah. that he was waiting for the high five so he could do his shot. So let's here we go. Do it right now. There you Take go. a shot. Take a shot. <laughs> okay, time for our quiz show. Quiz show. I have a feeling you'll get mine because you kind of mentioned it earlier. What would it let's be? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. it at you anyway. Okay. Which of these films did not win Best Picture? Which of these Justin Hoffman films? Was it A, Midnight Cowboy, B, All the President's Men, C, Rain Man, or D, Kramer versus Kramer?
1: That would be... That would be... Did not win. Did not win. That would be All the President's Men. Yes. But it should have. Should have won. I mean, yes, Rocky won. Yeah,
2: I know. Okay. Can't we just give out two? My <laughs>
1: question for you, yes. my friend, okay. is this. Which of the following Dustin Hoffman movies was not directed by Barry Levinson? Okay. Is it A, Rain Man, B, Wag the Dog, 3, Billy Bathgate, or 4, Sphere?
2: It's either of the last two. Billy okay. Bathgate?
1: Yes, that yeah. is a great guess. <laughs> and you are correct. That was directed by Robert Benton, who had previously directed him. In... I
2: forgot that he did Sphere.
1: Yeah, he did Sphere. Oh, that's, there you go. That's uh, an easy movie to forget, we'll isn't it? we learn something
2: new every day.
1: Okay, oh, we're getting profile. good on Profiles. Right, well, we are number three in on. our Fast Five, Alicia Malone. And Coming many at number three is... That would
0: be... It's Michael Dorsey,
1: okay? Your favorite client. How are you? <laughs> uh, Tootsie, Tootsie. Tootsie. Released December 17th, 1982. Directed by Sidney Pollack. Cost $21 million to make. Box office was $177 million domestic. It was the number two movie. The number two movie of 1982. What was mm-hmm. number one? You know. You know. You have to know this.
2: Oh,
1: E.T. E.T. The Extraterrestrial. Excellent. I
2: thought it was, that was 81.
1: Yeah, okay. No, okay. But you guessed, it was a great, you know your stuff. Yes. Uh, 10 it. Oscar nominations, including Best Picture, Director, Screenplay, Actor for Dustin Hoffman, Supporting Actress for Terry Garr, another one for Supporting Actress Jessica Lang, who won. So, Damn funny! This is a perfect movie, a crowd pleaser. It is a statement on sexism. Yeah, it is. Uh, you got a great, strong female character. Mm-hmm. I know she's uh <laughs> he's in drag, but it's got a big heart. Fully realized characters. It is sharp, smart, well-layered, full of surprises.
2: Well, it's interesting that the character of Dorothy Michaels becomes a feminist icon in the film for not putting up with the men. <laughs> and, you know, that the character of Michael Dorsey learns a lot from being Dorothy Michaels and becomes a better person after playing her. Dustin, of course, lost the best actor. Do you remember who he lost to? Uh
1: That would be uh, oh, 1982. Yeah. Ninth- wait, don't tell me. I know this. Okay. I know this. Yeah. I know this. profilers. Don't don't look. Do don't you want to keep? No, 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 no. I thinking? know it. it's Gandhi. It's Ben Kingsley. Yes, Kinsley it from- is. Is that, yeah? uh, Ben yes.
2: one for Gandhi. But I like that Tootsie was also poking fun at Dustin Hoffman's reputation for being a difficult, difficult. actor because yep. he was very method. And he liked to take his time with the movies. So Michael Dorsey is that character in making fun of it at the same time. He didn't get um, as much... I I don't think he got as much... uh, Oh, He wasn't given as much rehearsal time as he wanted and was promised by Sidney Pollack. He said, I was promised two weeks and I was grieved that I didn't get it. We also... Followed uh, the uh, risky course of starting to shoot with a screenplay that wasn't completed, but course it all worked out in the end. And I posted a clip on Twitter yesterday of Dustin Hoffman. He was talking about Tootsie years later, and he starts crying when he talks about everything that he learned while playing the character, because he said he realized that he must have missed out on some really interesting women meeting some really interesting women because he judged them on looks alone. When he had his costume on, he realized if he was in a bar as Dorothy Michaels, he would never
1: talk to himself. Well, while he was in costume, the crew felt safer to give him bad news because they felt like he wasn't as mean when he was dressed in drag.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He was
2: nicer.
1: He was nicer, but he did clash a lot with uh, director Sidney Pollack on the making of the movie. Sidney Pollack usually won the argument and in his review in 1982, Roger Ebert said that Tootsie is the kinds of movie with a capital M M that that they used to make in the the 40s 40s when (laughs) it weren't afraid afraid to mix (laughs) obscenity with seriousness and social comment with farce. It also makes some well-aimed observations about sexism. And while preparing for the role, uh, for the role Hoppin watched La Cage several times, Mm -hmm. visited the set of General Hospital and gave Dorothy a Southern accent because he felt like, doing the Southern accent southern made him sound more like a female.
2: And it's also amazing when you watch the film, you, you do forget that it's Dustin Hoffman. As Dorothy Michael do. looks totally different. Well, Joe Messina says, Let's not forget his brilliant comedic performance in Tootsie, a performance that would have won him an Oscar, but he was up against Ben Kingsley's towering portrayal of Gandhi. Drama, comedy, leading man, character actor, Hoffman is cinema's most versatile actor ever.
1: Well, one more bit of trivia before I read my comment from Josh Price. Yep. That uh, Tootsie was based on his mother. and that Tootsie was her mother's nickname for him. Mm. So there you go.
2: I like to, it's like, don't call me toots.
1: Don't call me toots. But Josh Price says, what makes Tootsie so engaging is its view of sexual identity. It's also a heartfelt, and hilarious romance. And Dustin Hoffman's performance is incredible. Like screwball comedies of the 40s, which is what uh, Ebert said, it plays with the dramatic and the bizarre to examine gender roles and relations with social commentary that has something to say about everything from show business to sexism. Though you never quite get that it's Hoffman playing a woman as she begins to form a a life and personality on her own, mm-hmm. Dorothy becomes an eccentric and immensely likable personality that stands on its own, and that is why it works.
2: Morgan Robinson on YouTube says, "Actually went out and bought Tootsie today, especially for this profile." All oh, right, enjoy watching it. Enjoy watching. I really it. liked rewatching. Let
1: it. us know what you think at Alicia Malone <laughs> at Movie Man. All right, we'll get to that. So. <laughs> now moving on to some other great <laughs> hopping movies that didn't quite make our Fast Five, but yep. are still pretty damn close. If we did a Fast Six maybe we'll do that one of these days what's on your list
2: all the president's men
1: yep great we talked movie. about
2: that last time with our robert redford profiles great movie and hoffman and redford worked so well together
1: straw dogs 1971 directed by sam peckinpah controversial controversial film. it was extremely gripping intense and disturbing ahead of its time in terms of a uh, uh, man forced to do what he has to do to protect himself and his family and uh, it's just a movie that holds up to this day. It's still disturbing to watch. What what, you, what else?
2: I'm going to throw in one that I personally love, I Heart Huckabees.
1: You like that movie. Yeah,
2: I really do. Yeah. I'm a fan of David O. Russell's quirkier stuff and I saw I Heart Huckabees 2004 and really enjoyed it. Loved Mark Warburg in it. Especially loved Dustin Hoffman as the existential detective alongside Lily Tomlin. I know there was difficulties during the shoot, but I really enjoyed what it said. I just—it's so, it's such a weird movie, but I think it's clever, and I think more people should give it a chance.
1: I, you know what, I saw it once. I didn't dig it. Maybe I'll <laughs> go back it. and watch it because I'm being influenced right now by profiles. Uh, another movie that I loved uh, was Lenny. Directed by Bob Fosse. Dire- came out in 1974. Played controversial stand-up comic Lenny Bruce. This was an unconventional movie about an unconventional character. And one that, that Dustin Hoffman knocked out of the park.
2: Also Wag the Dog. Great movie. From 97. It's a satire in politics. His first movie with De Niro. And he plays a film producer who has to fake wall footage to uh, distract the public from a sex scandal. So it's very true to life and a great script by David Mamet. Came out in
1: 1997. Seven right around the time that Clinton was, you know, there was some, art, with uh, some stuff. art imitating life there. And it was like the Doctor Strange love of its day. Another movie I loved is Runaway Jewelry, mm-hmm. which came out in 2003, directed by Gary Fleeter. And this was the movie that he finally got to star alongside his good buddy and longtime friend Gene Hackman. This is an entertaining and thrilling courtroom drama based on the book by John Grisham.
2: Now do you have any more before I get to the graphic the one, brackets?
1: One more one more I just want to mention is Confidence, which also came out uh in two thousand three, <laughs> directed by James Foley. He played a mop boss with no scruples. Mm-hmm. Very entertaining movie. And with one last thing, I know we mentioned Little Big Man. That is a terrific Tour de Force performance. And uh Let's talk about our brackets. All
2: right. Come on, mouth work with me. So on our profiles with Malone and Mance Facebook page, we run brackets. Well, our, our profilers run brackets for each of our profiles to, so you guys can participate in a bit of competition. So this time they did Dustin Hoffman best characters and it came down to Benjamin Braddock from The Graduate versus Michael Dorsey or Dorothy Michaels <laughs> from Tootsie. And then Ted Kramer from Kramer versus Kramer versus Raymond Babbitt from Raymond. Both were close, but the finals came down to Raymond versus Ben by two votes. One of them won Ben. Ben Ben Braddock. Braddock. Only by two points. It was really, really close and uh, Rachel Cushing thank you for helping out plus she says to please thank Liam Logrand, who came up with the matches and all the write up so thank you guys we really appreciate our profilers and everything you guys do on yeah. your own on our Facebook page love that it just takes off a life of its own and there's a whole community there Film Geeks
1: yes Film Geeks Profiles for Life you guys rock we love when you join in on the fun by going to our Facebook page doing these brackets and definitely writing comments about the movies you love because we do read them Obviously, Mm -hmm. and we're going to read more in a second while talking about the number two movie on our Fast Five, which is. When you're getting further away from Kmart. (laughs) You don't have to go to Cincinnati to get a pair of underwear at Kmart. You have to go to Kmart,
0: 400 Oak Street. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Kmart sucks. Uh, released December 16th, 1988 is Rain Man. Directed by Barry Levinson. Cost $25 million to make. Box office $354 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. Eight Oscar nominations. Four wins. Including Best Picture, Best Director, Barry Levinson. Best Screenplay. And Best Actor for Dustin Hoffman. This was the second time Hoffman won a Best Actor Oscar for a movie that also won Best Picture. Pretty good.
2: Well, we talked about this with our Tom Cruise profiles, but uh, Barry Levinson, Dustin Hoffman, Tom Cruise worked in this movie for two years in preparation. Dustin Hoffman befriended many uh, autistic people to learn about the disorder, and you forget that you're watching Dustin Hoffman. This is an incredible performance because he creates a a character, even though he doesn't have that many emotions to work with, and he's not portraying a disorder, he's portraying a person. And him and Tom Cruise worked really well together because Dustin Hoffman said they're both very monk-like. They both are really focused on their performance, so yes, they, they fit are. each other well. And he also said that this was the first time he was working with someone who was going through what he had 20 years before with The Graduate, that first flush, flush of, of fame. fame.
1: yeah, absolutely. You can understand him. And while they were making the film, I know we talked about storing during the cruise profiles, they called it Two Schmucks in a Car. <laughs> um, but three weeks into filming the movie, Dustin Hoffman was so unhappy with his performance that he was ready to walk off the set. Uh, he, he wanted out. He thought he was doing horrible work of course everyone begged to differ so many great moments in this film some mm. of them improvised like the scene at the end uh when when raymond leans his head into charlie and says you know my main man charlie you know that was all improvised the yeah. scene in the in the phone booth when he farts yeah because uh-oh fart he goes did you fart how do you stand that how can you stand that yeah that was all improvised <laughs> and dustin Hoffman said that that was one of his favorite scenes like ever
2: well it's great that Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman both improvised a lot and they also improvised as each other's characters when they were rehearsing. Right. And some of those moments also made it into the film. It just seems like it was such a great production and that ended up being a great movie and also an anomaly at the time, the late 80s, that was when it was the the age of the big action film.
1: Yes, that's right. So you right. had this
2: kind of indie-like comedy drama but very small, same time, big budget, and starring like the two biggest actors in the world.
1: And and also a movie that I don't think would get made today. No, it seems no way. like too
2: small today. Too
1: small. To, I mean, you know, maybe someone took a chance as an indie, but the New York Times, in their review, they said Dustin Hoffman's performance was one of the best displays of sustained virtuosity. And Roger Ebert said few actors could get anywhere playing a character who cannot change. But Hoffman proves once again that he almost seems to relish and thrive on impossible acting challenges. I don't know how he got me to do it, but I felt a certain love for Raymond, Dustin Hoffman's character.
2: That's true. David Wright says, Hi, brand new to Profiles. Yay!
1: Welcome to Profiles. To me,
2: one of his best performances was Rain Man. Even though it's about Tom Cruise, Hoffman as Raymond truly steals the show. Tom's character changes the most, and Hoffman is portraying a character so incapable of change, but that's okay. Plus, Hoffman uses method acting to portray a man with severe autism, and he doesn't make it come across as pandering and insulting.
1: Very true. Brian Sudfield said, Rain Man is a special film to me for one reason. Yeah. <laughs> And that this is why I pulled this quote. I have a friend who battles autism. When he was diagnosed, I watched this movie. His father recommended it to me. And I was able to relate to it very well. Like Charlie, I didn't quite understand what was wrong with my friend. And over time, I understood and I helped him out. I haven't seen it in three years. I might start to tear up. But let's Mm. move on from the sad stuff. The movie is fantastic. I don't see Hoffman. I see the character Raymond Babbitt, which is the best thing you could say about a performance. I bought him and Tom Cruise as brothers. The film is endlessly Rewatchable due to its great blend of humor and heart. That's why it's my favorite of Hobman's filmography. If you guys decide to watch this movie, just be sure to watch it with two picks or go to your local Kmart afterwards. Lights <laughs> Out by 11. Very well written, That's Brian. A great Very comment. well written. Yes. Raymond
2: Morris is watching live on YouTube and says, I keep looking up when they talk about this movie. I keep hearing my name, but seriously fantastic <laughs> movie. First film film I saw that helped me exploring the more character driven dramas and indie films growing up.
1: Well, that brings us to number one in our Fast Five for Dustin Hoffman, which has to, be... has to be... I'd like to know what law is it that says that a woman is a better parent simply by virtue of her sex. Wow. Kramer versus Kramer, released December 19th, 1979, directed by Robert Benton, cost $8 million to make. Box Office Domestic was $106 million. It is the highest grossing movie of 1979. Kramer versus Kramer was nominated for nine Academy Awards. Wow. It won five. It was almost a sweep because it won Best Picture, Director, Adapted Screenplay, Actor for Dustin Hoffman. His first Oscar. His first Oscar. And it was Supporting Actress for Meryl Streep. If that was a lead, that would have been a sweep.
2: And we talked about this movie during our Street profiles as well. But Dustin Hoffman is brilliant in this film. It's probably more reserved character that's for what him. i like about it that's why it's very realistic right and he changes a lot as a character from this advertising art director who's so caught up in his work to the loving father but it's so realistic and natural, as is his relationship with his son and he how that up. changes throughout the film. They teach each other so many things, but it's it's all very realistic and very self-contained.
1: Like in the beginning of towards the beginning of the film, after after she leaves him and he's trying to make breakfast for yeah. his son, he's like tripping over everything, he's making and then a towards mess. Towards
2: the end, it's all it's perfectly all choreographed. They yeah. have it
1: down. And it's Perfect. such a great, it's a great like bookend to the film. Yeah. And uh, the interesting thing is that this movie, in hindsight, it's it's hard to see it, but when it came out in '79, it was a trailblazing film. It was one of the first movies to really look at the impact of divorce on a mm-hmm. family.
2: But I th- still think it's it's a unique film because it looks at the single father. In a movie and not a single mother and it also examines that whole theory like with the, the quote just said that the custody should automatically go to the mother rather than giving the father a chance particularly in this case where the father was so capable that courtroom scene is so heartbreaking there's some really oh, so touching great. moments through this film and in the 70s as you said divorce was this hot button topic but it this was it still stands the test of time when you watch it now
1: oh it's still it great. still
2: affects you and and to Everyone who hasn't seen it, i definitely recommend it.
1: Definitely recommend it. One of the, one of the reasons, presumably, that Hoffman was so committed and so great in the role was because he was going through a divorce at the time, after 10 years of marriage, and he actually worked on the screenplay with Robert Benton. Mm-hmm. Didn't take a screenwriting credit, even though he, they, Benton offered it to him. He turned it down. But uh, Hoffman was quoted as saying, What makes a divorce happen is that you can't be in the same person anymore, but the love stays, and that's the killer. That's where the vehemence and the anger and the rage come from. And he just spoke from experience because he was going through it at the time. And Meryl Streep was still going through the grief of losing John uh, Cazale. Cazale, Yeah. So you know, both of them really just knocked it out of the park with their performances.
2: Well, Dustin also said about Robert Benton, perfect directors make you emotional on Kramer versus Kramer. Robert Benton made me emotional. He was pulling so hard for me and he made you want to give everything to him.
1: And Hoffman also had this to say about his co-star Meryl Streep which is so true. Meryl (laughs) Streep is like an ox when it comes to acting. She eats words for breakfast. Working with her is like playing tennis with Chris Evert. She keeps trying to hit the perfect ball. And she does quite a bit.
2: (laughs) Well, Morgan Robinson uh, said, Kramer vs. Kramer is such an incredible drama. Hoffman is so perfect in the role, and the relationship with his son is so beautiful to watch. But Morgan said he'd have The Graduate as his number one in Fast Five. I mean,
1: what does it say when you're talking about a filmmaker and you're talking about The Graduate? And the best of list and graduate, we put it at number four. I know,
2: and I think these fast five. I mean, people will have their own opinions about what should have been in which order, right? But uh, for us, Kramer versus Kramer, particularly rewatching it for these Street Profiles, it really hit home for me. Yeah,
1: yeah, and also, and it you- made
2: me realize again. How brilliant he is! That's but also, <laughs>
1: you know, you're talking about two roles that he won Oscars for. The films also won Best Picture. Yep. Yeah, it's got to it's got to be Kramer versus Kramer and Rayman, mm-hmm. and saying it oh so well, like she always always does, she always does. We're giving the last word to the one and only Rachel Cushing, who is our. Just an amazing, amazing film critic. Sometimes it's the simpler performances that shine the brightest, and Hoffman's portrayal of Dick Kramer is a clear example of that. As a workaholic who is oblivious to the needs of his wife and young son, Hoffman is arrogant and quite unlikable, but as the movie progresses, he grows and learns in a beautiful and honest way. Watching him learn what it means to be a single father, build a relationship with his son, realize his mistakes, and what to truly make, them, make up for them is a journey worth watching thanks to Hoffman's humor and humanity Mm. his chemistry with young actor Justin Henry is pitch perfect and everything about his performance from his attempts to making French toast to his testimony in court feels completely natural and rightly earned him his first Academy Award.
2: Nicely put, Nicely
1: put, Rachel.
2: Well, we'll run through our business one last time before we go.
1: Before we run through our business one last time, I just have to say that it gives me such great pleasure to be doing this for the second year in a row. Ladies and gentlemen, profilers, please join me in wishing Alicia Malone a happy birthday. (laughs) September 4th, Is Alicia's birthday, so please tweet her at Alicia Malone. Copy me at Movie Mance, (laughs) at Alicia Malone, at Movie Mance. It's all about the pause. At Alicia Malone, at Movie Mance. I just want to say. Oh, what have you got? Oh, Happy birthday, Alicia. You can open the card you. later, but open the book okay, now. Okay, I'll
2: open this now. And then you keep going with the business. Okay,
1: going it. on with the business. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. And, uh, okay, wait, wait, wait. There's a story here. You okay. know, you knew what it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is why I came <laughs> in. And I looked at your book, and you're at the very end.
2: Okay, so I always write my uh, my uh notes for profiles in this Wonder Woman book, which uh, you you bought this for me. I bought the first one, and then you liked it so you bought me the second one when you saw i was nearing the end nearing the end now so for my birthday man's got me another one yes
1: because when it comes wonder to wonder woman. woman wonder woman is alicia malone and vice versa i like
2: her blue hair
1: she's got the blue hair you she's had blue hair nice. at one point right
2: i uh, know but i want blue she hair.
1: wants to yeah she won't be red fury anymore but <laughs> moving on with our business make sure you go to itunes follow uh, yeah, or subscribe to Profiles on iTunes. Yeah. Rate and review us on iTunes. These ratings and reviews seriously are what keep us in business. And so make sure you share the iTunes podcast with everyone you know. Same goes for their YouTube show version, which is a youtube.com backslash popcorn talk network. Subscribe to that and please share profiles with as many people as possible. Let's really make profiles go viral. And then, of course, please go to our Facebook page, which is profiles with Malone and Mm -hmm. Mance. Like our Facebook page so you can find out who the next profile is going to be. Join in on the brackets, comment on the movies. And once again, follow us on Twitter (laughs) at Alicia Malone, at movie Mance. At Alicia Malone at Movie Mance. At Alicia Malone <laughs> at Movie Mance, and finally one more bit of business is go to T Public right now and get these nifty, cool-looking profiles T-shirts that says hashtag film geek with the profiles with Malona Mance logo so it's on tpublic.com backslash user backslash profiles I thought you were going to
2: get me a cupcake and I was going to be like I have to blend because I can't eat anything at the
1: moment you know it was meant to be be. the book is closed closed. and just in the future for profiles you know while we've been doing the show over the last year we've been figuring out who we're going to do based on like who we can get to interview to some of the great filmmakers and actors and actresses Mm -hmm. but we. have not done enough diversity
2: yes.
1: on profiles, and that is going to change. We need to balance this out. I feel like profiles is almost like just a reflection of the of the inequality in the business. Yeah. But you know what? Rather than follow the trend, let's set a standard on profiles. I like it. But by keeping a balance, so we're going to see a lot more diversity over the over the next year, and definitely over the next few weeks of profiles. Yeah, I
2: want to do some foreign directors as well. Yes, oh, maybe There's we'll So do... much we can do with profiles maybe we'll do
1: a character
2: oh that could be good maybe
1: we'll do like a movie character
2: yes you
1: know just a little bit of a hint of a movie that's coming out in a few months i like it but until next time (laughs) bye Bye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) from producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com